This week's episode of the Props Podcast is brought to you by Classic Auctions. Head over to their website right now, classicauctions.net, to register to bid in their next auction that will feature items from the personal collection of Todd Sloan and J.J. Denault. The auction will include a nice mix of vintage and current items from your favorite sport. Don't wait. Register today at classicauctions.net. I'm placing a personal bounty on the head of Tim McCracken. You can't put a bounty on a man's head. I just did. Go get him, killer! It's wild. It's outrageous. It's outrageously funny. Paul Newman, Coach Reggie Dunlop in this supercharged world of hockey, invites you to meet the crazies who make it that way. The Players, Murderers Row. The Wives, The Fans, The Managers. We're losing! Teamwork, guys, more team. They're burying us alive! Who are these guys? They brought their toys with them. And hustling them all, Paul Newman. Oh, you are very clever. Leave him. My wife left me, I was driving her crazy. Get out! You can't make him win. You're a losing coach. Okay, guys, show us what you got. Behind the comedy, the sex, the wild excitement, this is the absorbing story of one man fighting to hang on in a world gone absurd. never been a film like Slapshot. There may never be another. And we are back. I am Eric. He is Kevin. This is the Pops Podcast on the Beckett Podcast Network, and this is the season finale of number two, the second season finale. Is that right? That makes sense. The second season finale. Right. Uh, we're going to do Slapshot today, Kevin. Woo! What do you know about this? I know that I hadn't seen it in oh, about 10 years, and I remember when I did see it thinking it was kind of overrated, which is why I never revisited it. So I was glad to go back and watch it again, and holy cow, this movie would never get released today because of the liberal use of description for gay people, among other things. <laughs> and then I guess I feel really stupid asking this question or making these this point and I don't mean to like blow the secrecy behind the whole movie, but all three of the Hanson brothers aren't related in real life? No, sir. What? No. Uh, mostly you could tell that because one's blonde and the other are dark headed. But guys. they, I, it's the magic of movies. I just assumed that they were all really brothers. Yeah. And then I was reading something and they're not. And they, that made me sad. And they didn't go on to sing Umbop either. So that, I knew that. <laughs> you knew that. Yes. Okay. Let's start where we always start. Uh, we'll start with a log line. And you know what? There's not one. It, there's just a big, big group on uh, photo that says for sale on it. So right. Uh, there's, there's no actual log line, just the for sale sign. And, so we, there's not much to discuss there, so we can just go right into star power, which we can say Paul Newman and then 
a bunch of also rants. Yeah, I I didn't particularly recognize anyone out of this movie except for Paul Newman, who's one of the biggest movie stars in the history of the world and responsible for some of my favorite movies, including The Sting, which rules. Uh, so yeah, I like me some Paul Newman. Okay, you're gonna have to forgive me. I've never seen a Paul Newman movie outside of. Cars. Oh, was he? In, I've never seen Cars. He's the judge. He's the judge in Cars. What? No. You've never seen Cars? No. Oh man! Thankfully, my son missed that. There's so. so many great Paul Newman movies. There's The Hustler and The Color of Money, the two pool movies. The second one has Tom Cruise, Cruise in it. Uh, All the President's Men, where he's uh, or no, that's uh, Dustin Hoffman. Uh, it's got The Sting and then Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, which he does with uh, Robert Redford. He's great. You know what? I liked him. I enjoyed him thoroughly in this. So this is the only Paul Newman movie you've ever seen? This is the only Paul Newman movie I've ever seen. Man. Does that make me a bad person? It does. I'm actually most surprised that you've never seen Cars. Yeah, I just, it's not played in my house. My son completely skipped Cars, went right to Batman. So wow, yeah. Okay, I thought just every human had seen cars. No. Okay. I've well. seen I've seen the airplane one. Oh, is that called planes? Yes, <laughs> that's so weird that you've seen planes, but not the car. Well, if you get the chance, Color Money, The Hustler, the uh, the Sting, the Sting is awesome. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, you know, right here, cars, cars, and cars, the video game. I guess he is in that. Good job, Kevin. Did you not believe me? I, not, I had to look it up, yeah. I guess. I was like, there's no way. He hasn't, he, he, well, he, he's since passed, but. <laughs> he, and he's famous for, he's got the, the salad dressing the salad dressing, and the pizza, yeah. all of which, do you know all the profits for that go straight to charity? Yes, I did know that. Paul Newman's a good human. Paul Newman is a great, and this is turning into the Paul Newman show. Uh, we're just it should. Say, Paul <laughs> Newman is awesome. We're just going to talk about how great Paul Newman is. Uh, his, I'm, I went back to his IMDb here and searching, scrolling back to see when he was first in film, and it looks like 1949. I believe it. I like. I don't know a time. I mean, obviously, this is far before I was born, but I just can't ever envision him just being a regular person. Sure. He just seems like he's a famous person forever. Now he does he. I'm going to ask you a question about someone else. I don't know. Is Steve McQueen? Is Paul Newman and Steve McQueen in the same elk of uh, actors? Or I, I mean, maybe, but the thing is, like, since Paul Newman had a significantly longer career, he settled into, like, those more older okay. people roles that you didn't get the chance to see Steve McQueen in. But there was a time, there was a time where Paul Newman was, like, a rebel heartthrob kind of guy. But sure. since he kept, you know, and eventually he would do roles like The Judge. I know The Judge was animated for Cars. <laughs> but, like, where he was the older, you know, wiser person that people would lean on. And sure. that, so that's something you didn't really see Steve McQueen do. I'm, I'm really surprised that I haven't seen uh, another Paul Newman movie. Yeah, here. man, there's a lot oh, of good ones. Oh, wait. He's Cool Hand Luke. Yes. Okay. That's two. Okay. <laughs> well, thank God for that. <laughs> oh, how could I? How that will I fall not? into your Steve McQueen role. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Very nice. So, Paul Newman and a bunch of also rants. We, we do want to mention the Hanson brothers, Jeff Carlson, Steve Carlson. That aren't and, brothers. And, that aren't brothers. And only one of them is the Hanson, Mr. Dave Hanson, yeah. who has a fabulous book out, by the way. Um, it's Two of them played in the NHL. They went on to play in the NHL. Uh, Briefly, not long, briefly. Sure. Uh, but you know, they had hockey careers. And other than that, like Denny Lemieux, uh, his character, uh, uh, who, uh, Yvonne, Bro- 
I'm sorry. Yeah, Yvonne Barrett plays Danny Lemieux, and he's been in some some French stuff. But you know, eh? He seems kind of small. Yeah, he, he's very small actually. He and he 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 curses like the Dickens. Oh well, I mean <laughs> that could be a lot of different people in this movie because yeah. holy cow! Like I'm not personally offended by it because it takes a lot to offend me. Sure. But I was pretty shocked by some of the things in there just because I mean, like I said, if I, I'm fascinated once we get to the critical reviews, if people went back and changed their reviews because this movie is very un 2018, and I know sometimes people like to adjust the morals of today sure, sure. back. Then. Then. So sure. I'd be curious to see, like, because I've heard this movie is a classic, and I would assume it's like ninety percent. But I wonder if some people went back and they're like, "Ooh, I don't like this movie because it talks about gay people in a negative fashion." Mm-hmm. And yeah, blah 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 blah. It, you know what? When I when I well, let's do this. We'll get to that. Okay. Uh, where were you? Where were you when you first saw this? I I think I actually ended up seeing it on cable. I know a lot mm-hmm. of these things because it came out before I was born. Sure. And so I know a lot of these things we've talked about renting and stuff. But I remember it was coming on HBO, and I was like, "Well, this is something that I've been told that I just I'm supposed to have seen, and if I haven't seen, I'm a bad person." And so I ended up watching it, and I can't. Remember how old I was that would probably help me figure out why I didn't love it to begin with because this go around I liked it I think it's too long yeah. uh it's a two-hour run yeah I think time. it's a little too long and there's a couple scenes in particular we'll get to that I think are just really too long uh but no I liked it and I wonder why I didn't like it as much the first go around yeah I, uh, I saw this for the first time when I told the story yes last week. I saw this for the first time two years just two ago? years ago and uh it was something that I felt that I had to see because I had the honor and the privilege to interview the surviving cast of the show, which was fantastic. But I'm standing there going, I know nothing yeah. about this movie. Yeah. And my friend, my my friend uh, Paul Paul Worth was with me, and he knew even less. Oh. So it was uh, a situation where like I really need to watch this because I see these guys. I literally see these guys twice a year, like in person. I see them. Right. You know, and it's. We've had conversations before, and they're always nice and, and cordial and everything. But I feel like I've I was missing out on something because I had never seen the movie, so I'd never been able to share the movie with them, you know. Yeah, and have those conversations. So it, it was in the middle of that interview uh, that I said, you know, I, I should better, I better, I better see this. Because next time around, they might not be as nice as they were. Sure. No, because they're huge on the collectible scene, right? Absolutely monsters in the collectible scene. Okay. Especially the Hanson brothers. I believe it. Uh, just, and I'll tell you what, they're from Minnesota and uh, Road Warrior Hawk and Animal. Yes. The Road, Legion, uh, Legion of Doom. Yeah. Uh, they were also from Minnesota. Hawk has since passed. Yep. But one of the coolest moments in uh, my collectible collectibles show going history uh, I was privy to a conversation with Road Warrior Animal and the Hanson Brothers just sitting there talking Sweet. just talking shop you know and animals in full Legion of Doom gear the Hanson Brothers are wearing their Chiefs jerseys and they're just having a normal co- I'm so I'm, awesome I'm two feet away from them you know I'm, I'm kind of a part of the conversation but I'm just going this is amazing I don't <laughs> I don't, I don't know how to do this. That's awesome. So uh, they are huge, huge, huge on the collectible scene. They were at the National uh, this this past year. They, they're in Toronto twice a year, every year. Uh, the Hockey Hall of Fame inductions are coming up in November. They'll be there for that. 
they're everywhere you would think collectibles guys should be. And especially for, and I don't know if this past generation, like if the Mighty Ducks has surpassed it or whatever, but this is surely one of the two most iconic hockey movies ever made along with the Mighty Ducks, right? It, it, it has to be. It definitely, well, interestingly enough, the 1970s, in 1977 when it came out, it was horribly reviewed and it was horribly uh, taken in by audiences. Huh. But in the years since, it has become a cult classic. Fascinating. Do you know? Do you happen to know why that is? Yeah, actually, that people didn't like it at I, the time. I read a lot of uh, I, I I read a lot of uh, reviews, and it was raunchy. It was dirty and gritty, and it was just not what people were looking. The critics were not digging the the uh, locker room humor. They weren't digging the uh, just the incessant homophobic remarks i'm surprised that was as troubling to them back then i mean this is like at the same time that uh, i think this came out like a year before animal house did and i feel like animal house was pretty well liked but again maybe i just know it as being well liked eventually yeah and i'm not familiar with how it was taken in at the time that's fascinating i pulled this i pulled this one up and i saved it because i kind of figured we would talk about this it says there was no there was little to no fanfare for slapshot during its initial release in 1977 Many critics were put off by its coarse language and locker room humor, but over the years, the film has grown in stature. Slapshot is considered one of the best sports films of the past 50 years, according to sports author Dan Jenkins. It, yeah, they just didn't like it because of the same reasons you were kind of worried about. Yeah, and but I can see why Like, it does such a better job than Goon does of developing the second and third tier characters. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. You actually know, like, I, and I know everybody knows Paul Newman and the Hanson Brothers, but you actually, like, get a feel for the personality of the assistant captain, the captain, the guy who eventually saves the day, sure. the goalie. Like, you get a sense for, like, a good eight or nine of of these players, whereas Goon, I feel like it maxed out at about three. Yeah. And so I think this is one thing that, not that you would have to compare them, but I think we certainly can, that Slapshot has a gigantic advantage over Goon is developing the rest of the team. The rest of the team. Uh, since we're talking about uh, critics back in 1977, let's cover the box office, and it was little to nothing at the box office. It did horribly. Ooh. However... In the years since, in the 40 years since it's been out, it's grossed $28 million. Uh, oh, I can't I, imagine it cost much to make. Yeah, it didn't cost much uh, much to make uh, at all. And what I found this interesting, too. I found a little a list of uh, hockey movies, and they're all-time grossing. And since this, this season has been about hockey, sure. I wanted to go back and look at the, the, the films that we've talked about. And I'll, you know, I'll just read off the top ten. Got to be Mighty Ducks. Number one, Miracle. Oh, really? $64 million. Wow. Uh, number two, and this is one that we overlooked and maybe you shouldn't have, uh, Tooth Fairy. Is that about hockey? It is about hockey. I don't know if I've ever <laughs> even seen that movie. Uh, so, I thought he was a football. Okay, maybe I'm thinking of a different rock movie. Uh, the Mighty Ducks, number three. Number four, D2. Number five, I've never heard of this, The Love Guru. Uh, that's not a hockey movie. That's... That's the Mike Myers terrible movie. I mean, it might have elements of hockey in it, but that's I don't I dispute that being a you hockey movie. You dispute that movie. All right, uh, we'll dispute that. Slapshot number six. 
the Cutting Edge, which was all. Oh, yes. That's a figure skating movie. That movie's not about hockey because D.B. Sweeney blows out his knee or whatever <laughs> at the beginning. I'm not going to lie. I've seen that movie several times. Uh, that was my, in a former life, a, a significant other watched that all the time. Toe pick. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. D3, number eight. And to prove that we were right last week, Sudden Death, number nine. And number 10, Young Blood. If you like Rob Lowe hockey movies, that one is for you. I don't even know if I've ever heard of that movie. Yeah, it's it's right there in the middle of like St. Elmo's Fire and all that other mess. Fun fact, Rob Lowe is one of only two or three people that's ever blocked me on Twitter. Oh, really? Yeah, I got blocked by uh, Keith. Overman, I think, because he was going after somebody at our station, and I was like... I remember when that happened. Yeah, I was like, better be careful. There's no fight too small for Keith Overman to get involved <laughs> in, and he blocked me for that. And then it was after the Cowboys lost to the Packers in the playoffs, is Rob Lowe. I saw it on a retweet. Rob Lowe says, oh, take that, Cowboys fans. Karma's a B. And he didn't edit it, but, you know, I'll do that for the listeners. And I responded to him, and I said, oh, considering how your life's gone, you better hope not. <laughs> Blocked. <laughs> so, uh, Youngbloods, you if you're a fan of the 80s, you got to see this Rob Lowe, Patrick Swayze, and Keanu Reeves. Ooh, Keanu Reeves in is in a day. movie. All right, well. uh, <laughs> If you want to follow me on Twitter and block me, it's at oh, thank Kevin. <laughs> I would hope you'd just follow and not block unless I said something inflammatory, but it's only like two or three people. Kevin's, Kevin's a great follow on Twitter. Go check him out at oh, thank Kevin. Uh, he's tagging every props post we put up. So yes, uh, that's you, right. You, you, you can go check him out there. All right, so horrible at the box office. $28 million, though. It makes me sad. <laughs> $28 million, uh, gross for the film and number six on the all-time grossing uh, hockey movies films. And I don't think The Love Guru was in there, so we're going to call it number five because... Yeah, that I, movie I is not... I dispute that being a hockey I movie. I dispute it, too. That movie sucks, and too. That would bring Mystery Alaska into t- into the top ten. Okay. so Mystery Alaska is way better than that movie. That yeah, movie oh, yeah. sucks. So we did... out of the, So out of the top 11, but we're getting rid of The Love Guru, so we'll call it top ten. We have one, two, three, four... And five, five of the top ten. Only one is Goon. I yeah, Goon yeah. is a small movie. Yeah. yeah. So we we did pretty good with yeah. this, this list. And we didn't. We avoided sequels, or else that would have been all over Mighty Ducks too. <laughs> I don't like Mighty Ducks three, but the second one's good. Oh, uh, okay. All right. Let's talk about <laughs> make believe or not. Was was it real? Was the action of the hockey movie real for you? I actually, I thought they did a really interesting thing in this. I thought whoever was the editor of this movie, and I took note of this a couple of times, whoever was the editor of this movie, I thought did a fantastic job of making the scenes seem faster than they were by cutting off how much ice was represented. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it really felt, if you've ever been to a minor league hockey game, the dimensions of the ice can be the exact same, but it feels so much smaller, and not just because the arena is smaller. Mm -hmm. Um, Because, like, if you've ever been to an Allen Americans game, their arena's pretty big. Like, it holds, like, 6,500 people, but it just feels so much smaller, and the ice feels so much smaller. And I thought the editor made the ice feel smaller, and for whatever reason, it made all the action seem faster yeah. and more believable to me. Because there was a couple of different times that I was watching that I thought, these hockey scenes I actually think are coming off pretty well because of the way they're blocked and stuff. And so I 
thought it was actually pretty good. I thought it was great too, and I I have a little unfair biased here towards the film because of the relationship I have with the guys in the, in the movie, none of them knew how to skate outside of a couple That's of them. surprising. Uh, like, you know, they had to teach Newman how to skate. They had to, you know, and not all of the, all the cast because a lot of the extras were hockey players. Yeah. But like the main cast, they had to be taught how to skate in, in a very short period of, of time. So it was great from my point of view because of the action shots, how, how it was shot and knowing that they didn't know full well how to play hockey and skate and what it turned into be was was great. And that's interesting because they they almost use that as like a plot point, you know, is because as the team grows in popularity, it's not really because they're winning, though that helps. Sure. It's because they've taken on this like thug slash professional wrestling style <laughs> of and that can I think that could hide some of your skating deficiencies. Is if you can't score a pretty goal, you could knock somebody out. I mean that that seems like that would hide if you can't skate well. We've learned that in uh, a few movies that we've in we've Goon too, yeah. <laughs> and uh, you know, also in Sudden Death, when you can't play goalie, Absolutely. you can just come out and knock out the other guy yeah, and make the most spectacular save <laughs> of the entire Stanley Cup playoffs. Yes, that's Although I, I still I stand firm that they set the groundwork for that when they visit in the locker room. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's right, I played Canadian junior hockey. Canadian. And you're like, All right. Does Jean-Claude Van Damme sound like a Canadian junior hockey name? Yes, absolutely <laughs> it does. I mean, it just makes me think of uh, Marc-Andre Fleury. Yeah, Marc-Andre Fleury, Jean-Claude Van Damme. Absolutely. Uh, he's, uh, anyway, we're talking about Slapshot. I'm getting on a tangent here. Stay focused. Stay focused. It, uh, so to me, the athletic the athletic scenes were great. And then the guys that they had, the extras who were actual hockey players and the Hanson brothers who were actual hockey players, uh, it they just added to it for me because they were kind of carrying everybody else along. Like we actually know how to play hockey. And do you happen to know then, uh, because I didn't know that the Hanson brothers had like any time in the NHL, were they known as violent players then? Or Not, that's yeah. just that, for the script, yeah, just okay. for the script. So, uh, I didn't know if they like found them cause those guys were thugs in the NHL. Oh, no, or, no. Okay. Steve played, uh, for a while, in minor hockey, but he he ended up playing like thirteen or fifteen games for the Edmonton Oilers. Oh, okay. And then, uh, and I believe is is it Jeff? Jeff played for the North Stars. Ooh, and now the Dallas. Stars. Now, now the Dallas Stars. I wonder if Frank knows him. <laughs> well, he might. Yeah, I could ask him. So, uh, yeah, he played for the North Stars and one other team that it's escaping my mind right now. But you know, they had a legitimate. NHL experience, okay, and I think it car- it helped carry their scenes, especially yeah. when they're just flying around, knocking people out, and and hitting people or putting on the foil, so to speak. It was yes, uh, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> it's what are you guys doing? <laughs> putting on the foil. They so the uh, the scene with the <laughs> when Reggie goes to visit them and he he knocks on the door and they're playing with their cars. That is absolutely. See, there's so much I want to talk about, but I can't because they curse so much. But they brought their effing toys. That oh, yeah. That's one of the best. Because they, they, don't, they don't really hide the fact that they might be kind of slow. Yeah. Like, they're like little, and they're just like little kids. I, I was interested, and I, I didn't realize this at the time, they don't show up until like 45 minutes into yeah, the movie. Right. Like, they're not there the whole time. They're, they they show up because the team is looking for some some kind of edge, right? They're looking, and they need a hook. They yeah. need a hook. And they're, obviously, they're not bringing in fans and they're losing. So what are they going to do? You know, they're going to bring in these goons and just let them fight. Yeah. And... Reggie, who is a uh, 
who has a interest in owning the team and is a coach slash player, he can't see it, but it, it all works out, right? Yeah. You know, it's it's interesting. Uh, this movie kind of, and I know this might sound like a weird comparison, it kind of reminded me of Tommy Boy a little bit. In that, now stay with me here. In that, you have in Tommy Boy, you have Chris Farley and David Spade. They seem ill prepared to do what it takes to save the business that's going to save the town. Right. And right. if you think about it, it's Paul Newman and the Hanson brothers and the rest of these guys that seem ill prepared and unequipped to do what it takes to save the business that's going to save the town. Because there's a lot of discussion that uh, they're closing down the factory, and so with the factory out, they're not going to be able to save the hockey team. But when the hockey team starts to do well, you kind of get that sense that, like, maybe that would... Uh, you know, prop up the factory. And sure. So that, that thought ca- crossed my mind when I was watching it. Callahan. That's right. <laughs> That's right. So uh, we one thing we usually talk about in these in these podcasts is are the love the love angles of these films. And Dude, this one, had, there is a lot of love in this, this movie. This had a lot of love that I kind of wanted to get your feelings on because if if history serves me. If, my, if history serves me correctly, you're probably not a big fan of it. I never. Usually, I'm not. Although I do love the movie Love, actually, and I can't really explain that <laughs> hey, to you. Hey, favorite movie of that's all time. A, really, all time. Wow, that's that's quality movie right there. I love that movie. Uh, but yeah, there's a lot of love going on in this movie. So you have Paul Newman, who is actively trying to get back together. With his ex-wife. Right. And then, at the same time, I feel like Paul Newman is trying to hook up with his teammate's wife. Though they spin that as the movie goes along, that, like, he's just trying to help her out, blah, blah. But that's not what it feels like earlier in the movie. Because there's several times when, like, they're in the truck together and he's like, well, I could show you a good time anytime you want. That doesn't sound like he's just trying to rescue her from poverty. But then eventually <laughs> she just, like, sort of pseudo moves in with him and then gets her hair done where his ex-wife works. And he's clearly trying to make his ex-wife jealous. Sure. And then he's like, I'm just trying to help her out. Look how young she is. Oh, please. If she would have, like, taken her top mm-hmm. off, Paul Newman's character would have been all about hooking up with that. And so you've got that at the same time. And then, like, her marriage is crumbling and with the guy that will eventually save the day. And then you find out it's because he's into all kinds of freaky stuff that maybe he's not into. And there's a lot of love aspect, which I don't remember about this movie at all. I think when – I don't know. Again, I've seen this two years ago. I think if I would have seen this when I was – 15, 16, 17 years old, you know, that probably wouldn't have caught up, caught on to that. I would just been like, oh, this is a raunchy, funny movie. Uh, but watching it as an adult, the love aspect definitely comes up. It and, does. And it's, it's hard to ignore. And even at the end, when he doesn't quite get what he was hoping for, it's still, it's, it's a little heartbreaking. You know, it's like, cause she's not going to call she's, him. Yeah, right? She's not going to call him. And she's, it's, it's done. And of course, I haven't seen two or three, so I don't know that she doesn't. But uh, Paul Newman's not in the sequels <laughs> to these, is he? No. I would be ashamed if Paul Newman showed yeah, up. In the, then again, I didn't even know there was a three until this weekend. I knew that they'd made a second one with Stephen Baldwin. Yeah, uh, is he like a lost Hanson brother? Or I, uh, he's he's kind of the guy. What you, one of the funniest things uh, I've ever been told personally about a movie came from the Hanson brothers. Do not watch Slapshot Two. Really? <laughs> Do not watch it. But they're in it. Yes. 
they were like, this is not good. All right, I will stand up for Stephen Baldwin, though, because I still think 1995, Stephen Baldwin, one of the greatest acting performances duos of all time. He was in both the movie Biodome and The Usual Suspects in the same year. Yeah. That's I think that's a remarkable range right there. Uh, so. I think he was on a lot of drugs doing Biodome. I could see that. And but now he's super into Jesus. Yeah, you know, which is awesome. You know, Jesus is all right with me. Uh, shout out to the, who, who was that? The dude I brothers? Uh, which is kind of funny. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, he he was in that. I can't stand that movie, but I love The Usual Suspects. Oh, I, you don't like Biodome? No, God. It's a terrible movie pa- that by I the way, really enjoy. Uh, by the way, Polly Shore is going to be here in town very soon. What? <laughs> yes. Oh, so man. So if you want to go see some, uh, if you, you want to go see the... Weasel. Weasel, you can go check him out. Uh, he'll be here in Dallas and in Fort Worth. Talk so. about son-in-law. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> very very All nice. Right. All right, so the love scenes they so you kind of do they do they work here or I, I think they slow the movie down too much. The, okay. If 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 I have a primary flaw with this movie, this movie is a good fifteen or twenty minutes too long because right. it slogs into like two o three. I think, yeah. but. Paul Newman has the same scene with his ex-wife like four different times. He sure does. I mean, like the whole the whole hook is Paul Newman's relationship with his wife fell apart because he wasn't present enough and he was too focused on his hockey dream and all of that. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, he's clearly still too focused on his hockey dream because he's trying to keep the team from moving, but he's also trying to convince his wife that he's changed. And so they have a scene like in a car, at the rink, at their house, and walking down the street. They're, they're all essentially the same scene. Mm-hmm. You could have cut at least two of those scenes out. And I, I guess the stuff with uh, uh, with Ned, Ned Braden and his wife is more relevant just because Ned's pretty intricate to how the movie eventually ends. Right. And that has a lot to do with him trying to get back together with his wife. So at least that's more relevant to the end plot, whereas the Paul Newman stuff, like, I get it. He's the main character. But he has the same scene with his ex-wife like four times. We could have cut a couple of those. Yeah, I I agree there. And then even the scenes with with Ned's wife, I think those are, those drag too. Yeah. Because it's going nowhere. And and that's not the hook of this movie. The yeah. hook of this movie is nonsensical frat boys right. playing hockey. And that's exactly why I I going back I do I enjoy this movie because of that. But it, it's something that I need to watch when the, the, like I just need to laugh or something, you yes. know. And I know that it's it's not <laughs> it's not PC at all. No, but if I can you know get get two hours to myself and I, I have I just need to laugh. I can go to Slapshot, and I know that it's it's very funny. It, it kind of reminds me a little bit of uh, Tropic Thunder from the non-PC perspective because people – I was just reading this article on Entertainment Weekly about revisiting Tropic Thunder 10 years after the fact, and they are – they're really – I know that they're really inappropriate with the way they talk about uh, – mental retardation Mm -hmm. and so people are revisiting that movie and looking to throw the entire concept of the movie out because of the way they talked about it and i kind of feel like slapshot falls into that is if you're not hung up on language or you can get around like words versus actions then you should be able to enjoy it just fine but i'm sure plenty of people cannot it you know tropic thunder was a movie that revealed to me a side of my wife that I didn't know was oh. like she 
laughed so hard during that movie, like at like the stupid nonsensical stuff that she laughed at during that movie. I would try to, I would, I would pull, and it would never work. But it, it took Tropic Thunder to, to make her laugh I, at it. Colby, I think that might be his favorite comedy. So, oh really? Yeah. Well, the Chinese's line, uh, just sent her over the moon. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so, Fascinating. I was like, honey, are you, what's going on mm. here? But uh, turns out she just she she just likes to laugh, and I guess sometimes that uh, Tropic who, Thunder is what who it, doesn't what, like to laugh. Exactly. Well, speaking of liking to laugh. Years later, I don't know what year it was going to make. It was made. You're going to have to help me. But uh, Semi Pro was shot for shot, slap shot, except for it was basketball. I could see that. <laughs> what was that coming out like? Oh eight. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And you know what? On first inspection, I wasn't the hugest fan of Semi Pro either. I remember I reviewed that for the paper, and I gave it like two stars. So maybe I just need time to revisit maybe, movies like yeah, this. Maybe I need to go watch uh, Semi Pro again, and I'll I'll have a love for it that didn't exist before. Well, you're gonna like it. Is that it was uh, only 140 minutes, and there's not. Well, there is some kind of a love An scene hour and 40 movie minutes, and 140 I'm minutes sorry, is yes. 220. That's yeah. too long. Yeah, an hour and 40 minutes. Okay. My bad. And uh, you get to see Pasty White, Pale Will Ferrell. In those shorty shorts. In those yeah. shorty. And Andre 3000, which. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> which, please, Andre 3000 and Big Boy, get back together for the Super Bowl. That would be awesome. Uh, I would love that because it's in Atlanta. But we're talking hockey. So, yeah. Uh, it's semi pro is like shot for shot, the slap shot movie. It's the same concept. I can see that, except for it's the merger of the ABA. So it's kind of a it's kind of a true, well, it's more of a true story than than you know slap shot. But I'm sure that there have been plenty of hockey teams out there who had the same scenario going on, and uh, you know pulled some shenanigans like that. I could see that. Like it, like next week, if we don't get a lot of listeners, I'm going to wrestle a bear here. So wow, it's just, yeah, it's just that kind of thing, right? I like it. So I guess what we're I, what I'm the point I'm trying to make is that. Is if you can get beyond the love scenes that really move this slow this down, this movie is fun. It is very fun, and uh, again, it's 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 written it's riddled with curses and in incorrect in, politically incorrect humor, but it's fun. It's just a fun movie. And Paul Newman said he had a blast making it, which I could see. And I really do think that makes a difference. Like, I, I think if you're enjoying what you're doing, it genuinely, like, comes across. Yeah. I told uh, Brian Broaddus this when he was doing the Cowboys uh, broadcast in the preseason. I was like, I can general, I can genuinely tell how much fun you're having. Sure. And it comes across in the broadcast. And I think the fact that they all seem to have so much fun, it really does come across in the movie. I think that makes a difference. Not that you have to, because sure. I'm sure there's movies where everybody hated each other. I was like, ah, that's a great movie. But. He, like you could feel like everyone's having fun here. So the rap on Paul Newman was that he couldn't do comedy, and this one, I, I he was great in Cool Hand Lugia. It's kind of funny, I guess. So I think he's hilarious he's, in the Color Money with how much he hates Tom Cruise yeah, too. Okay, so there's a rumor though, and there it's a, it's a confirmed rumor, but I'll call it a rumor. So just not a rumor. I'll just call it a rumor just the same that Al Pacino was slated to play Reggie Dunlap. And to a, I've asked this question of the crew, and to a man, they were like, no, this was Paul Newman all the way. This, this had to be Paul Newman. No one else was going to do it better. Do you see Al Pacino no. doing that? No. Although, if he scored a goal, he could be like, hoo No, I. this is such an iconic Paul Newman role. 
for some people. I'm sure there's some people who are like, they don't like the idea of the guy from The Verdict doing this nonsense movie. But I think this is such an iconic Paul Newman role. I would put it in his top five roles that I cannot envision somebody else doing it. When was Serpico released? I think that's early 70s? 73. So, yeah, this would have been four years after that. So Al Pacino... Serpico, Godfather, and he did like Dog Day Afternoon. Dog Day Afternoon, and that would have been right around the same time. This would have led into uh, a hockey movie, a funny hockey movie. Okay, well, I'll tell you this: three years after that, he did Scarface, and I think Scarface is more ridiculous than Slapshot. Scarface is the dumbest movie that was ever made. Wow, (laughs) it is. I will watch a Care Bears film before I watch Scarface. It's a stupid movie. I know people like it, but if you go back and actually watch it, it's pretty dumb, and it's really long. It's really long. It's really stupid. I don't like it at all. I think it's a horrible movie. Wow. And I know that the rap culture now. I know, right? Snoop's coming to get me. I'm sorry, Deal Double G. It's just it's just the way it is. And there's supposed to be I've heard that there's rumors about a a sequel or a remake of of Scarface. There is a sequel out there. Maybe it was a sequel to Carlito's Way, which is another Al Pacino movie. I'm not sure. I liked Carlito's Way. I feel like there's a prequel or something. There's something out there for it. Okay, I reload it. So Carlito's way, Carlito's way, I can I can deal with. It's doing mounds and mounds of, of cocaine that I don't like. If you've uh, <laughs> here's a fun wrestling tie-in. Okay, is the character Razor Ramon is mm-hmm. essentially Scott yes. Hall doing Tony yeah. Montana? Yes. from Scarface, and people think that the only reason he got a job is because Vince McMahon had never seen Scarface and had no idea that's what he was doing. <laughs> that is a 100 percent confirmed story from Bruce Pritchard. Awesome on, <laughs> on something to wrestle with. Uh, my favorite podcast that I listen to on a weekly basis. Outside of this podcast, uh, yeah, outside of this podcast. Uh, he is Bruce Pritchard has confirmed the story. You can go back to their uh, go back to something to wrestle with.com or something to wrestle with Bruce Pritchard.com and the Razor Ramon show is easily found in their archives. And he tells a great story about uh, why Razor was able to do Razor nice. and Vince having no idea or clue what it was. That's awesome. <laughs> so that's awesome. That is a uh, that's that is a great story to tell. All right. So overall feelings on Slapshot. How, how we, we know it's fun, but if this is the standard of hockey, do you think it's the standard of hockey movies? I think Mighty Ducks is better. Okay. But that might be a product of that movie is genuinely geared towards me. Like when that movie came out, those kids were about my same sure. age okay. and yeah. we're all kind of running in the same pack like this movie came out before i was even born and like i love paul newman but at the same time i wasn't there like when he was the heartthrob of america or right. anything like that like i love the sting but again that movie came out like 10 years before i was born and sure. so i like me personally i think the mighty ducks is better i think the mighty ducks is a quicker more efficient movie as well but i mean this movie's up there i, I this is definitely Got to be the second most iconic hockey movie. I to think me. so too. Uh, I would, I would put this one, one A, one B with Mighty Ducks. It just, and I, I probably, I'm, I'm not separating my uh, relationship with the guys. So uh, that, that's probably where uh, a flaw of mine here. Again, I like this movie a lot. It's really funny, and there's a lot of lines that I want to quote here that I can't because of just yeah. how raunchy they are so many f-words so many it's variations so, of F-words. yes exactly uh i watched this the, the first time i ever watched this my my wife my lovely sweet wife was watching it with me and 
uh, where Tropic Thunder she found very funny. She didn't like this at all. <laughs> so <laughs> it's aggressive. It, it really, really is. Uh, and going back to the reviews that I read earlier from the 1970s, uh, it was it was raunchy, it was dirty, it was gritty. It, they just didn't like it. But uh, once it hit, once it hit, uh, you know. VHS or in, this has got a home video yeah, all, over, all yeah. over it, right? This is the one you that you go down to Blockbuster and you Absolutely. pick up. And you want the hard copy of it, and uh, I bought it myself at at half price half price books for five bucks. I'm like wow. all day long. I will spend five dollars on. Wow! This. So it's uh for me, it's it's one A and one B with with Mighty Ducks, and I understand that those are two vastly different films. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> But, don't show both of them to kids. Yeah, don't do that. But I think it's right there for me. Uh, good thing about memorabilia from this film, because we talk about that here on on props, is there's plenty of it. Like, there's all kinds of memorabilia out there. I could see that. Like, it kind of reminded me of, you know, we talked about Miracle, is since that really happened, those yeah. people are really out there in the world, and the Hanson brothers I know are... Well, they're not really brothers, but they go out there in the world. I'm still shocked by that. Uh, so, I, yeah, I did think about it is the memorabilia I would want from this one is I'm not as picky. Uh, I would want just a Chiefs jersey. Sure, sure. But it doesn't have to be the Paul Newman one because I've got something else in mind for Paul Newman in okay. just a minute. Uh, I would want a pair of the Hanson Brother glasses. So All that's right. the second thing I want. And then the third thing that I want is the Paul Newman, I don't know if it's like pleather or what's happening there, jacket, jacket. that he's rocking more often than not in this movie. Because you want to say it's leather, but it doesn't quite look like it. And yeah. so that combination he's got with some of his wild 1970s shirts, that's uh, that's what I would want to go with. Where's Charleston supposed to be at? Is it supposed West to Virginia? Be, is, it, is it West But is that where this is supposed to be at? I think just because... Like, that's the Charleston that I know of, and yeah. it sounds like a factory town. So that's what I took from it. See, I but took to it, be fair, I didn't look it up. I, I Neither did I, and I don't want to be off uh, off kilter here, but it felt like a Detroit, like a like a factory in Detroit being shut down, you know, and that's when, that's when they're going to tear down the rest of the city because the hockey team can't pull it. I don't know that hockey's big in Charlton, Charlton West Virginia. Do you? I mean... Yeah, I'm not... That's a good question, and he says eventually that he's going to... This did kind of bother me. He said he was going to go coach the Gotham whatever yeah. in Minnesota. I was yeah. like, isn't Gotham New York? Um, but that kind of concerned me, but it would make sense. Detroit would be obviously more accessible to Minnesota than West Virginia would. But I, I'm going to yeah. show you this picture because you're here, and I know this is horrible for podcasting, but uh, that's me and my friend Paul and, and the oh. rest of the... The With rest the of the Chiefs crew. jerseys. So the so the Chiefs jersey in the middle is Paul Newman's jersey. Oh hell yeah! And it's signed by everybody. That's what I want. Awesome! <laughs> I would flip out for that. That's, that's what I want. Ooh, that's a good one. And uh, that's a great. I know one. that we can't. Obviously, you can't have it. I'll I'll share a picture of it uh, when I post the podcast. Yeah, you guys should see it. It's incredible. But uh, that's what I want. And you know, anything else from the film really? Uh, Doctor Carver. It's Pick just pick anything. I'll take anything. This movie is such a great movie for me personally that I would take uh, the Chiefs jersey. I would take the freaking Syracuse jersey. Anything that you want to throw my way, I'll take. I, I another uh, let me if I can give an honorable honorable mention is the 
Don Cherry esque jackets worn yeah. by Jim Carr. Yeah. The uh the <laughs> announcer for the Chiefs in there. And he's that's another character that I thought was pretty well fleshed yes. out yes. in this movie. And I don't wanna I, I don't wanna skip over him. I thought he had some he had some fantastic seventies esque mm-hmm. fashion rock in there. Um how about that booth he was calling those games from? Like just a wooden box up in the rafters almost it's it's so weird like i'll go back to the americans because i cover them a lot at the newspaper is they do the broadcast and there's no separation right from the rest of the media so like the the people that are doing the radio and tv broadcast they were on the same row in the same room really as like the newspaper beat writers and everything like that and i always thought that that was kind of weird because like we're having conversations and whatnot sure. and right next to the and surely some of those got picked up every now and again. And it's just so weird because, like, when you go to the Rangers game, everything is separated. When you go to the Cowboys game, which, by the way, shout out to Brad Sham. They just renamed the home radio booth last night in honor of Brad Sham, who's really? been doing this for 40 years. Very nice. Uh, so that's all separated and stuff like that. So you don't pick up any of the nonsense. And, and they won by three, right? Yes, they did. No, 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 no. They won by uh, they won by seven. By seven? Yeah. Okay. All right. I went to bed. It was boring. Uh, oh, come on. <laughs> Cowboys. Oh, that's a whole other conversation. All right. Uh, critics. Well, first, there are actually two awards that we need to get to. Really? Really. Um, it, it won one. It won one, but it was nominated for two. Uh, awards. The Japanese Academy. Nominee. Uh, nominee. Award the Japanese Academy Best Foreign Language Film. The Hochi Film Awards, 1977. Winner, the Best Foreign Language Film. The Japanese Academy, huh? They and determined <laughs> this was one of the best five movies we had, all right? In the Writers Guild of America, 1978 nominee, WGA Award, uh, Best Comedy Written Directly directly for the screen, Nancy Dowd. How do you feel knowing that Nancy Dowd wrote this? A lady, A huh? lady wrote this. Oh, so you can qualify that lady, I guess, now as homophobic is what people would say <laughs> nowadays. But that's fast. WGA, man, That that's a heck of a nomination right there. Those are hard to get. Well, she is... Uh, it's that, a well-written movie. It, it like, really is. Putting aside the insensitivity of it now, but you have to keep in mind this movie's 41 years old, is it is a very clever movie. It's very funny, and a lot of its characters are well-rounded. What would you tell? What would you do if I told you that Slapshot 2 and 3, she has writing credits on as well? <laughs> then how come they're no good is what I'm... I mean, I haven't seen them, to be fair, but I've been informed that they're no good. Well, the yeah. Hansons directly said, don't yeah, watch them. Don't the watch them. Uh, that's, re- that's funny. Does that mean they sh- they want us to watch a third one? No, don't, I, okay. I would doubt that they, they're, they'd have no part in that one as, at all. So. What? Yeah. They have a third slap shot with no Hansons? Well, they're, they're, like, they're like Ric Flair's age right now. Yeah. Speaking of Ric Flair, did you, did you know he got married recently? For like the sixth time? Yeah, and he... Did you know that I think Ric Flair is a piece of trash? I, I, a lot of people do. Uh, he came. He had the, uh, and I'm not surprised knowing who he is. He had the gall to come out to Ric Flair drip at his wedding. <laughs> he's the worst. Kevin is not impressed. The worst. Yeah, he's, he's not. He's not a great person, uh, character wise. As um, a wrestler, he's awesome. As a human, he sucks. Well, you know, maybe he found God. Yeah, maybe. 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 It's never, never too late. It's never too late. Uh, all right, so... 
return we, to we, Jews <laughs> podcast. We we determined that this is uh, it, it's a. Are we going to call it a classic? I I think it is. Okay. I, like it has its flaws, but I think there's a lot of classics that have flaws that you just have to kind of overlook. And if this sure. isn't a classic hockey movie, what are we doing? Exactly. Like I don't think that it exists. Then I don't think so either. Uh, it is a classic in my my build as well. Let's get to the critics and see what I'm they think. Really fascinated by this. All right, uh, we'll go in order: IMDb, Rotten Tomatoes, and it is on Metacritic. So. IMDb, your guess is? I'm going to say like a 7-2. 7-4, Kevin. That was very, very close. I feel like IMDb, they'll they'll show some love. All right, so then theoretically, I always think Rotten Tomatoes should be higher. So I'm going to say 81% for Rotten Tomatoes. You are doing very well. 83%. And and that's usually the hierarchy it goes. Is usually Rotten Tomatoes is the easiest to skate by on, then IMDb, then Metacritic. So uh, the audience score, just to give you some reference, 89%. On, that, on, and even that, I'm a little surprised. I would have guessed that that's higher with the hushed and beloved terms that this talks about. It gets mentioned in. I would have guessed that's in the 90s. Uh, so, okay, what did you say? 7-4 for? So 7-4 for IMDb. Slap shot on Rotten Tomatoes is 83. That leaves Metacritic. I would be surprised if it was more than like 65 on Metacritic, and it could be even lower. 61. Okay. You know this film. That, I mean, once you get, I feel like you. it doesn't always work like this, but I feel like if you can knock out one of them, you mm-hmm. can usually kind of get, I, I want to read these Metacritic reviews, because I would be curious if people, like, were they the reviews that were put out in 1977, or are they the reviews that were put out, like, in 2010? Because if they are, I bet they're vastly different, and they talk about the inappropriate language used to describe homosexuals is blah, 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 blah. I'm going to read you one. I'm going to read you two. Okay. All right? Uh, from the New Yorker, Pauline Kale. Hill lacks the conviction or the temperament for all this brutal buffoonishness oh and he can't hold the picture together what does it the warmth what does the warmth of supplied by paul newman do for anybody okay that's a 60 wow a 100 oh from rolling stones dan epstein Mm. rowdy raunchy hilarious absurd deeply depressing and profoundly human often all at the same time slapshot is professionally devoid of phony the phony uplift or showy monologues. There we go. There's no jerking. There's no jerking of tears or pulling of hair strings. No big lessons to be learned beyond the harsh reminder that sports is a business. The passion of its fans and the heroics of its players are ultimately less important than the cling and the clash, the cling and the cash of the cash register. It's the rare combination of both team spirit uplift and period appropriate downer. I mean, this movie is depressing once you get away from the humor of it because at the very end, like, uh, there's the strip show that is going to essentially, from Ned, that's essentially going to win the championship Mm -hmm. for the Chiefs. But at the end of the day, like, the factory is not reopening. The town's going to be in a lot of trouble. The Chiefs team is essentially just going to be broken down after the victory parade. Mm -hmm. And Paul Newman thinks he's reconnecting with his ex-wife. But you could tell she's totally not going to call him. And so there's a lot of downbeats at the end of this, even though it ends with a victory parade. Yeah. Much like Animal House. Much like Animal House. All right, man. That's it. That's That's been the hockey season. How do you feel overall about, about the films we selected? I'm shocked that there are not more 
well-known hockey movies. Because, like, if you think about it, nobody knows Goon. There was a lot of pushback about whether or not sudden death should be counted as a hockey movie. Very few people know Mystery Alaska. I know people are going to complain about that, but if you ask the average person, they don't know what that is. Sure, Uh, People know Miracle, but I don't know if they know the film as much as they know the event. And so I would argue that there's of the six we did, two of them are well-known. Sure. And it's Mighty Ducks, and it's Slapshot, and that's it. That's it. I don't feel like we skipped over outside of, like, Mighty Ducks 2. I'll go ahead and argue to you right now, Mighty Ducks 2 is the second most well-known hockey movie of all time. (laughs) Uh, But, like, we didn't skip over well-known hockey movies. There's just not a whole lot of them. That's funny that, you know, in... Do you think that, and it has to be, that we're, it's because we're American? Yeah. And, and because you know, over Canada has like. In Canada, there's probably like 90 million well known hockey movies. Yes. You know? And that's because it's Canada. That's what they do there, right? I agree. So uh, I guess for the American version of this, we did a pretty good job. No, we did a heck of a job. We did a heck of a job. But I'm biased. You're biased. I'm biased towards us and Paul Newman. All right. Uh, it's, been, it's been a lot of fun having you here with me this season. Thank you. I would love to have you back for a third season if you will come. Hey, let's do it. Do you want to do football or do you want to do basketball? You should outsource it to the people. We should outsource it to the fee- for the people. Okay. Whatever they that. decide, I'm good with. All right. Let's take a week off. Okay. And we will reconvene. Uh, not next Monday, the following Monday. Two weeks. Two weeks. And in the meantime, we will do a poll. If you guys want football or uh, basketball, I think I, I'm just going to guess that there might be a biased opinion towards football right now. It because- depends on if the Cowboys win their next game. Then that, that'll really push opinion one way or another. Because they're <laughs> one and one now. If they fall to one and two, people are like, I'm out. I'm out. I'm Let's out. go basketball. All right, uh, guys, thanks for hanging out with us. We'll see you in two weeks. That's a wrap. Cut.